In today's show, we're talking Washington Wizards from a fantasy basketball perspective. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk Washington Wizards, the second last team in the team preview series. I'm recording this one before I speak with the local uh, expert the host of the Locked On Wizards podcast, Ed Oliver. So we'll get his perspective on this later, but let's just dive in and look from a fantasy perspective at this Washington Wizards team. And let's start by looking at their schedule and how that shakes out for the year. Not a great in terms of quality games, only 47. That's significantly below average, which is 51. So, you know, when you're, and this team's going to have a lot of those streaming type guys, a lot of those players aren't going to have the level of value that we would uh, that we would hope that they would have, unfortunately. But that's just the way it goes with only the 47 games. You contrast that to, say, the Golden State Warriors, my last team to do, they got the most. They got 61. So it is a pretty big difference in terms of the ability to use players who are at the back end of a... Um, of a fantasy roster just because of the uh, the quality games issue, which we know is something that can be uh, at times uh, a little bit of a problem. So um, it, it doesn't it's not great in uh, in that respect from a, for a Wizards point of view, but that doesn't mean that it's all bad news because the rest of their schedules are right. Thirteen back to backs is pretty good. That's important for someone like the tank, Tom Bryant, and I've just lost my uh, my sound effect. There it is. <laughs> as he returns from his ACL injury. And they have the most games in the default Yahoo playoffs ending April 3rd. Four games each week. 12 games in total. 4-4-4, the old Moses Malone. So they got the most games there. So that's really beneficial. In my playoffs, which end on uh, March the 20th, it's not quite as good. They've got 10 games, which is one less than the maximum of 11. They've got a 3-3-4 schedule. So it's not quite as good. Again, another reminder that when people say blanket statements like their playoff schedule is good, that might mean absolutely jack shit depending on what your situation is, what your league is, when your playoffs run, all that sort of stuff. It's not a blanket statement that you can look at and feel like it's just going to you know, hold across the board. It is very different. So understand your league, understand your playoff schedule. Of course, you can set all that up on Basketball Monster. When you go to league settings and uh, set up all those things, and so you know what your playoffs are for your league and uh, which teams benefit and which teams don't. Let's look at some pressure points now on this uh, on this squad and what yeah what can impact the projections we have a new coach Wes Unsell Jr in Washington and this is one of if not the most difficult team to figure out how the hell things are going to go what is he going to do at center is he going to go the old Scott Brooks and run three centers every night remember the frustration of Brooks last season when you, you know, they'd ask Brooks, and he goes, well, I really, I really don't, I don't want to have to, I don't want to play three centers. I prefer not to. And then he goes out and plays three centers. My guy, Scott, you had that decision. You could have made the call. Does Wes do that? He's going to have Bryant, Gafford, and Harrell to play. Can't really play any of them together. Maybe you could put Bryant at the four, but Jesus Christ, defensively, that's a disaster. 
So what does he do? Does he play three centers? Does one of them sit out? Who is it? Is it Gafford? Is it Bryant? Is it Harrell? I've got no bloody idea. That's a really, really tough one to figure out. Also, Rui Hachimura. Scott Brooks just gave him a ton of minutes. And his play did not deserve those minutes, which is fine. Because if you got a guy that you picked in the top 10, you shouldn't have picked him in the top 10, but you did pick him in the top 10. So develop him, give him the minutes. And I'll talk about that for other teams. Hey, what well, you give him, just give him an opportunity. They've given him that opportunity, but it's been two years now. We'll see what they do with Hachimura, especially because Kyle Kuzma's around now as well, play the same position. Denny Avdia, they drafted the year after Hachimura, who can play a similar position. They could play next to each other. Davis Bertans is there. So will Hachimura get gifted those minutes again? Will they drop down? How do they work that? And that impacts so many different players. And then you're tying into that, Davis Bertans' health. He was not right at all last year after opting out of the bubble, the knee and the calf, all those sort of problems. He was bad last year, like really bad. They've invested a lot into him. And again, where does he fit in with the Hachimura, Kuzma? Uh, I don't know why I called him Kuzma like that. Kuzma, uh, Avdia, all those guys mixed in together. Like how does that all work there? So there is a lot of question marks, especially with the new players coming in and how the rotation is going to work um, in Washington. Really, really some pretty large, uh, pretty large questions that need to be answered. If one of the questions that you need to answer though is how do I stop all of this sweat under my arms, the answer to that question is sweat block. It is the doctor created and doctor recommended formula to help prevent excessive sweating, also known as hyperhidrosis. Guys, this is embarrassing. Like you can be at work, you're at school, you can hang out with your mates and you lift your arm and there's a giant dark patch. Imagine you were wearing this shirt that I'm wearing, a pale blue shirt, and then you're excessive sweat. You've got big dark navy patches under your arms. That's gross. Nobody wants to have to deal with that and it's a medical problem. Sweat block, the wipes, you wipe them on at night before you go to bed, you wake up the next morning, you have a wash and you're off and it covers you for up to seven days. These products have been around forever, up to uh, up to you know, over 10 years, 13,000 reviews. And now at the moment, they're the number one product on Amazon. So go and get yourself the sweat block wipes. You can buy them from Amazon. You can buy them from CVS, but you can also buy them direct at sweatblock.com. And if you use our promo code locked on, you save 20%. Why wouldn't you want to save that 20%? So go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on and save 20% and uh, excessive sweating problems will be a thing of the past. You watch live sport in one spot, your favorite shows somewhere else. You've got highlights on your phone and then you borrow someone else's login to watch your favorite drama slash comedy on another device. It's all over the place. It's so confusing. You need to get all of your things together. You need to get your life together, but you need to get your TV together. And a great way to do that is a new product called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites all together like never before in one place. So you watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in that one spot. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Check out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's look at breakout candidates. And this was a little bit of a hard one to, to figure out. I think really the guy there that has got the biggest breakout potential is is Daniel Gafford. Now, I said there's already going to be an issue with how the hell they run those center minutes. I, does Gafford miss out? Like, I, I don't know. He was really impactful for this team last season. Yeah, the other two guys, Harrell and Bryant, are just abysmal defenders, whereas Gafford can be a, quite a good defender. Obviously, the offensive part of his game is not the same as Harrell's or Bryant's, but do you really need that when you've, you're throwing Kuzma, Hachimura, Beal, Dinwiddie out there? Like These guys are all much more offensive guys and defensive guys. Gafford has an opportunity 
especially at the beginning of the season, to establish himself as a minimum, they say, 25-minute-a-night guy. Maybe he plays 22, but you know, with the way that he plays, I think he can get to 25, and he can get even higher than that. Now, it might come to nothing. He might play 17 minutes a night in a three-headed center rotation, and the Wizards might be shithouse again. I, I don't know. But I think if I'm looking at these guys, I don't think Kuzma's breaking out. I don't think Rui's breaking out. I don't think Denny's breaking out. I don't think Dinwiddie's breaking out. I don't think Corey Kispert's breaking out. Like None of those guys. I think Gafford's probably got that highest upside, the highest opportunity to be able to do it. Whether it gets there is a is a massive question mark, of course. But I do like looking at Gafford as a fantasy option. He's, um, he's ranked 104th on Yahoo. That's maybe marginally aggressive. But on ESPN, he's at 149. That's tremendous value. And you're getting him with your last pick, where I think, you know, best case, he's got top 70 upside. Not sure that he gets there, but he does have that upside. But yeah, you, you do run that risk of, of where the minutes sort of lie with him, unfortunately, this season. Let's transition that now to talk about sleepers. I think Bradley Beal's a sleeper across the board. And it's not a huge sleeper situation, but it is significant. He's at 16 on Yahoo, 13 on ESPN, and 15 at Fantrax. If he does not go in the first round, I think your league is doing it wrong. Whether you're in a category league or a points league, there is no reason for him to slide out. Now, in saying that, he was 17th in default points leagues last year. But Russell Westbrook and Spencer Didwee are not the same level of usage players. Beal should see his usage, and more importantly, his assist rate go back up. And I think that he can be like a 47 fantasy point per game sort of player. Last year, he was 12th in category leagues. So I don't know what these rankings are. Like, why is he at 16 on Yahoo if he was already 12th last year? I think to me, he's in the discussion to pick at number nine. I probably wouldn't pick him at nine, but you could be in the discussion to pick him at nine. 10, 11, no worries. That's the sort of range. So while it's not much, you know, 16 to 12, 16 to 11, it's mid-second to early first. Also, to late first. And I think that's a big difference. I think it's important. And I don't think he should go. But at any of those numbers there, 16, 13, or 15, he should not go at any of those numbers. It needs to be 11 or, 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 yeah, at worst case, 12. But should not escape the first round. Mentioned Danny Gafford already. 149th on ESPN. Ludicrous. 130 on Fantrax. I would take him much higher than that. Happy to get him like 110, 105, that sort of area, which is about the Yahoo mark, which maybe it's maybe it's early. Now, I think there's scope for Gafford to be a top 80 guy what, until Bryant returns, and then things could get hairy. But you might get actually value on getting him at 100 for the first month, two months of the season, and then maybe it drops off after that. I don't think Contavious Caldwell Pope is going to be a 12-team league player, but Yahoo's got him at 255. Now, that's, that's basically meaning he's only a 20-team league player. Last year, KCP was 174th in 28 minutes. I, again, his role is really tough to peg this season. He could start. He could come off the bench. But they don't really have much in terms of depth at the two-guard spot. Behind Beal, there's nothing there. So he's going to have a solid role, and I think he's going to be better than 255th. So in an 18-team league, a 16-team league, KCP's ability to hit threes, you know, score a little bit, get some steals, there's at least some value in that. It, it shouldn't be where he's being basically ignored in almost every single fantasy scenario as that 255 rank would, uh, would lead you to believe, which, I, again, I don't believe. If we look on the busts side of things, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's, I think he's a really, really good player. I think he should have had more interest in free agency. I also think that he can be really overrated from a fantasy point of view. Dinwiddie is ranked horribly aggressively on ESPN at 42. That is insanity. Last year, he only played 21 minutes before his torn ACL, but he was 205th in that time. Now, I would hope that someone who I'm going to take at pick 42, according to ESPN, 
if they're only playing 21 minutes, can at least be a top 130 player. If they're going to be up into a top 50, a fourth round, boarding on third round sort of guy. His best ever season as a fantasy player was 95th in the 19-20 season where he played 31 minutes a night. I think he can play more than the 31 a night this year for sure. But I'm not convinced that he... Yeah, he had a 29 usage that year. I don't think he's going to have that in Washington. I don't think that he's... He's no way we take him at 42. He is a poor three-point shooter, poor field goal guy, below average free throws, bad steals, bad blocks, low rebounds player. What he is, is he's a points and assists sort of guy. What he is, from a fantasy point of view, is what we got from Ja Morant last season. And that is not a guy that we draft at 42. I think in points leagues, he can be better than that. He can be in that 60 range, 55 to 60 range. But even like in category leagues, Yahoo's got him at what, 73? Fantrax got him at 79. That means absolute best case career year for Dinwiddie. And I'm just not sure he gets there. Coming off an ACL in an unknown scenario for a guy who's never produced at that level, I just don't think that I'd be willing to spend a sixth round pick on him. To me, he's a guy that I'll get in round nine or round 10. And that means I'm just not going to get him anywhere. I'm not, not going to end up drafting him. Maybe he proves me wrong, but what you're expecting him to get is more minutes, maintain 29 usage, and then somehow increase three steals, blocks, rebounds, at least one or two of those, and become efficient. And there's too many things that I'm relying upon for that to happen for him to be that guy. Could he do it? Could he become the 80th best player this year? Yeah, of course. Could he become 42nd? Almost no chance. But maybe he just changes so much about his game. And that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe he does change that. The odds would tell me he doesn't. So therefore, I'm not burning that pick. And if he, if someone gets him at 60 and he becomes the 40th best player, they can say, well done. But the way that I... Well, they can say, well done to themselves. And they can say, yeah, eat a dick to me. Whatever they want to say. But the way that I try to look at these things, I go, what's the likelihood here? Is there is there any actual upside value in getting him in this spot where everything would tell me he's not going to reach it? And if he does, oh, well, you, you rolled the dice and you won. And you needed so many variables to fall into line for that to happen. And that's how I try, try and view these things. ESPN's got Montrez Harrell, the table at 100, and Fantrax got him at 106. Again, I don't know what his role is going to be. He was 143rd last year in 23 minutes a night. And yes, the Wizards aren't the Lakers. They're not that good. Not that the Lakers were all that good last year. But again, Harrell is like 28. And when Bryant comes back, who's who misses out? Is it Harrell? Is he on this team? I think he probably plays more than he did last season, but there's no guarantee of that. I, I would happily look at him in, say, round 12. Um, but he was like getting DMPs at the end of last season. I think in points leagues, we can look at him in the top 100, and I feel pretty good about that. But in category leagues, I'm not really that interested and legitimately could get DMPs. It, it's a possibility. And then ESPN, uh, my guys... The worldwide leader. What are you doing? Why is Kyle, Kyle Kuzma ranked at 90? What do you think he's going to do? He was 155th last year in 29 minutes a game. Yes, it's the Lakers. Yes, we can... I guess the, the default is to go, he's going to get more usage. But is he? Bradley Beal's a high usage player. Dinwiddie gets a lot of usage. Montrez Harrell gets usage. Rui Hachimura gets usage. Tom Bryant's an offensive only player. Where's Kuzma going to play? Is he going to start? Maybe. I think Ed thinks he's going to start. We'll talk about that on the local show later. But again, you've got to find how the minutes work. 
This is their 3-4 rotation. And you assume KCP doesn't play at the three. You're going to have Avdia, Kuzma, Hachimura, Bertans. Right, those four guys. That's 96 minutes available for those four players. Now, do you think Kuzma is going to get 30? And Hachimura gets 30? That leaves 36 minutes for Avdia and Bertans combined. And that means literally zero minutes for KCP at the three. And that would mean that KCP would play 12 minutes a night backing up Bradley Beal. And that is just not realistic. So while I can look at Kuzma and go, what's well, great, he's out of LeBron's shadow, he's going to flourish. I'm Much like Dinwiddie, and honestly much like Hachimura, Kuzma's a guy that thrives on being a guy that gets usage. He hits some threes and he scores, but he's a below, he doesn't get assists, steals or blocks. Not a great free throw shooter, nor in fact a bad free throw shooter a lot of the time. And not a great rebounder. So he needs bulk minutes. He needs bulk usage to even get close to being relevant. And I just don't see... Maybe they say, you're this good. You play 34 a night. Avdia, I know we invested a top 10 pick in you, but don't play. Bertans, you're playing 14 a night. KCP, can you just play your 12 a night? Like, that's all possible. But it doesn't really seem realistic, does it? And when people will look at, they'll look at my projections and they'll they'll criticize or they'll not criticize. They'll look at it and go, "Oh, maybe this should happen. This should happen." I really implore you to look at a team like the Wizards in particular. This is going to be one we get that question and plot out 240 minutes on an every night. There are 240 minutes to to spare. So work out who gets the 200 those 240 minutes. Work it out and try and find 33 for Kuzma. It's really hard. It's really hard to find 33 minutes for Kyle Kuzma. And that's why that 90 ranking on ESPN is absolutely bonkers. I, I just, maybe he gets there, but investing that pick in him is pure, pure insanity. Just like going to a local chain auto parts store for parts for your car. Why would you do it? You go there, you waste your time, you go into a crowd, you line up at a counter, the bloke behind the counter, mate, it's going to be three, four weeks, so I'm getting that in, and then you're going to pay 300 bucks, mate. I can get that from Rock Auto for 200 Why are you ripping me off? Get that garbage out of here. So go to rockauto.com, an online family business who have been serving do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 years. Get your brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even that new carpet that you're looking for for your car. So go check out their great website, all the parts available for your car or truck at rockauto.com. And in there, how did you hear about us box right locked on? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, that was a lot of talking about fantasy bus. Let's talk about some deep league flyers. Rui Hachimura, deep league flyers, all last picks in standard leagues. Rui Hachimura, a guy that, again, I don't love him as a player. I think that he is overrated in a lot of areas, especially in fantasy. When he does perform at an okay level, it's because he has been out there and they've said, we'll play 37 minutes and we're just going to let you take every shot. And to me, that's not realistic in terms of being a good team. All his impact numbers are pretty pretty low in general. Um, last year, he was 193rd in fantasy leagues. He was 164th as a rookie. He offers no steals, blocks, or assists. He's a bad rebounder. He doesn't hit threes, and he is sort of average to below average in efficiency. He's only two years. He could take a step up this year, but again, find the minutes. Find that role for him. It's not really there. For him to come in and play 35 a night, it's not really there. But I do like Rui as a deeper league player, if he falls to. Now, thankfully, the ranks haven't really been aggressive here. 144 on Yahoo, fine. 175 on ESPN, fine. Like, they haven't gone super aggressive on him. And I think that's okay. 
KCP, I mentioned already, I think he's going to have to get some sort of a role. So he's a nice deeper league player. Bertans has fallen off the radar somewhat. He was really bad last year, 200th in 26 minutes a night. I think the shooting can improve. I think that we still want to have a look at him in deeper leagues. Now, ESPN's got him at 223. That's, I think, his value in that. Now, Yahoo's got him at 157. I don't love that, but I don't mind him as a, la- a last pick to see if he comes together. But again, he's competing with Kuzma Hachimura, Avdia, and I'm really worried they're going to just freeze Avdia out of the rotation already. Uh, completely. So there is something there for Bertans. And if you want to take a real flyer, Aaron Holiday. Now, I think Hal Neto will be the backup point guard. I think he shouldn't be the backup point guard, but I think he will be. But I also think that at some point, Holiday will be able to stake his claim for that. And that means in deeper leagues, 20s and 18 team leagues, that if he's getting regular backup minutes, he can be useful. So just keep an eye on Aaron Holiday as that deep league sort of option, potential potential option for, uh, for as. Let's go and look at the rest now. And the last guy we want to talk about, not last guy, one of the main guys we need to talk about here is Tom Bryant, the tank, who I think is going to be out until around Christmas with his ACL injury. We don't know exactly. He tore it in January, so maybe early December. And then he comes back to a situation where Gafford and Harrell are there. Bryant, and you may remember if you've been listening to this show for a while, that I talked about him as a really solid offensive center who's got poor defensive abilities and really high upside for fantasy. But I also said, this is a situation where eventually, and it won't be long, that teams will figure out, and his own team will figure out, he is not our long-term starting center because of the defensive issues. When he's in there playing minutes, the numbers will be great, but don't expect it to last long. It came probably a little bit earlier than I thought, and I just don't know where he fits on this team at this stage. I wouldn't be drafting him in standard leagues, and ESPN's got him at 107 for some reason. I would not be drafting Tom Bryant, because again, maybe he's the center who just doesn't play. It's a really tough one to try and figure out with his defensive deficiencies. Denny Avdia was a guy that started last year, and Scott Brooks just never gave him the ball. Play your 20 minutes, stand in the corner, and shoot threes, which, for a guy that is a bad shooter, is just a horrible use of resources. I would have hoped for a new coach like Wes Unsold, to be able to bring him in, put the ball in his hands, let him work in transition a little bit. But it's just not going to happen on this team. There's just not enough of a role for Denny. And he doesn't profile as a good fantasy guy. Again, a low steals assist guy, a poor shooting player, a low usage guy who's not going to get enough minutes. It just It's just not there for him. Uh, Hal Neto coming in at the backup point guard. He played way too much last year and in terrible lineups. I thought he was solid though at times. Yeah, I thought he held his own, but yeah, ideally you'd want someone else to take that job. First round pick, Corey Kispert, hated the pick, and he's not going to play. Like, there's just no minutes for him. Maybe that he's the guy that is going to get, does he play over KCP? I don't know why. There's no reason for Kispert to have been drafted where he was, and he's just not going to play this season. And then they have a bloke by the name of Anthony Gill still on their roster, a stretch four type option, but, mate, this is like the fifth power forward in this team. He won't play. Isaiah Todd, the big man they got from the paces in that Aaron Holiday trade, really hard to see minutes for him. He's probably more four than five, but there's a million players in that front court at the moment. And then Cassius Winston comes back uh, after a two-way deal last year. And I thought he could be a useful player, but he was pretty shit house last year. So maybe maybe he's not uh, going to be up to NBA standard. Guys, that'll do it for me today. We've got one more team preview. It won't be coming for a few more days. We are going to do the Wizards um, show with a Locked On Wizards host later today. But the Warriors one won't come until the end of the week. We're just trying to work out schedules with Wes over at Locked On Warriors. So that'll come then. And then um, after the Wizards show today, 
Uh, we have got a sleepers show coming tomorrow and then a mock draft coming uh, later in the week as well. It'll be myself and Matt Smith in that mock draft. We're doing a category league mock draft. It'll be a 10-teamer. We've done a 12-teamer already. We will do another 12-teamer later on, but we're going to do a 10-team mock draft this week. So stay tuned for that. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. One thumb, shove it straight up the middle. Ring the notification bell. Write a comment. I love Josh's thumbs. Do whatever. Drop it in the comments below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.